Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tom. Present. What is your arguing style in a relationship? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me ruminate on that for a second. What's my arguing yeah, style? Yeah, when you get it, when you get backed into a corner, or when you're having a tiff with your beloved. Yes. Uh, what What is your go-to kind of way that you argue? It's it comes uh, f- frustration and and anger and anger in the form of frustration, <laughs> yeah. probably. Um, uh when i historically when i argue or need to be heard it's i it, it's never a very strong stance that i have it's, it's very it you're flexible let's no let's just free frame it as you're flexible sure uh, <laughs> so that's that would be my arguing style because i don't like doing it i don't no. like i don't like doing it and it's so it's half-hearted anger as well. It's uh, in the in the in the argument. Are you a? We need to finish this argument before we can continue, or are you a? I need time space away from that person. I think generally, I've accepted that the the argument will gen- generally need to be finished now. So we're going to get to the bottom of it. Um, I think that's the more mature way to do to do things. Well, I th- thought so too. Good. And look, I still do think so, but I'm very much a, I will follow you into the next room if All you right. try and get away from me. Because, and not because I'm trying to attack you, but I just, and it may seem like this because this is who I am, but I have an anxious need to finish an argument. Like I need it to be done before we can move on. And yeah, yeah. sitting in that uncomfortability just feels so awful to me. But I've started to recognise as an adult <laughs> that occasionally some situations are too volatile and you need the space rather than you need to fulfill your god anxious yeah, need god to finish the yeah. argument. Oh god, yeah. Like, but the the uncomfortable feeling of those two days when you haven't two days or whatever, my that's god, a, the you time let it go that long? <laughs> <laughs> that was the time frame that jumped to my mind. And I'll stay with it. Uh, the two days that you haven't been talking it's and it's so not awful. that's and terrible. So to avoid that yeah, you, you try and push push through. But yeah. yeah, like I think I'm a very much I want to finish it arguing style. But, uh, you know, you've got to recognise sometimes. Sometimes. It's shit's just going to explode, explode and like splatter all over the wall. And rather than clean up that splatter on the yes. wall, you want to try and just give yourself, turn down that pressure cooker. Minimise the Go damage. away so that it slow cooks for a couple of hours and then come back and have your arguments stew. <laughs> Hi, I'm Liz Best. This Hello. is Ghosts of Boyfriends Past. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Harris here. What's your argument style? Yeah, Liz let is us a homing know. missile of, <laughs> <laughs> of Seek and destroy. Fury. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I'm like a puppet just <laughs> flailing on its strings, uncomfortable. Someone, someone draw a comic of that. I want to see a comic book panel of our arguing styles. Yes, I like if it. you want to tell us what your arguing style is or any tips for arguing effectively, you can go onto our Ghost of Boyfriends Past group therapy group. But yeah. 
Speaking of communicating effectively, we have a bit of a different episode for you today. Yes, we've done well. So rather than having a guest on to talk about all their relationship foibles and and heartache, we've got a communications and management consultant Mm. who is also a well-being and stress management and emotional intelligence coach, Jess Josh. Hello, Hello. Jess. Come on down. How are you? Now, thank you for joining us. What I thought we'd do today is get you on to chat about communication because as any listener of this podcast will know, we love banging on about how communication can fix pretty much every problem in a relationship bar or like even infidelity because if you just talked about it, you probably wouldn't be unfaithful in the first place. Yeah, I tend to agree. Yeah. I, um, it's very – it's one of those things that I'm just like, just communicate. Can you – what happens if you communicate that issue or what would, what would happen if you express that need and usually it's met with like a – why would I do that? Or, you know, that pushback, that shutdown, yeah. because that's, that's vulnerable and that's, um, that's scary. scary. Yeah. It's all so scary to express yourself in some way in e- either using your voice or in message or anything. It's all very, it's one of those things I think that shows up for a lot of people. So one thing specifically that we wanted to start touching on, that's, I can't word today. Let's start, start touching on <laughs> things. That's my pickup line. <laughs> How about we just start touching on? Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about the whole getting comfortable with having those uncomfortable conversations and kind of what tips you might have for somebody who needs to do that whole being vulnerable thing and have that bad conversation and how to go about it in a way that's going to be productive. Does yes. that seem like a good place to start? I think it's a great place to start because usually that is that block that people come up with straight away. They're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I'm out. See ya. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I feel like it's the first thing with anything is really having self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So understanding what is showing up for you, why you feel uncomfortable about it. What is the fear or the discomfort? What something in you is trying to tell you? Um, And usually that's a really good place to start because once you kind of start to acknowledge it, even if you don't land on exactly it straight away, once you start to name something or attempt naming something, there's a little bit of clarity and a little bit of that sort of that grip of tension can start to release. You might feel it in your body a little bit. It can be like, a oh, oh, it's that. Well, by naming it, it kind of takes away its power because it's not a big scary. It's not the big scary monster in the dark. It's a oh, it's this, you know, and then there's more steps to go from there. But that's the most important thing because I feel like we can't really, and this is part of the emotional intelligence training I do as well, we can't really relate to other people unless we have an understanding of what shit goes on for ourselves. So yeah. Whether it's stress triggers and then having that empathy and understanding, oh, maybe someone else has stress triggers too that are just different and maybe that's why. Or um, maybe they have different needs or they maybe have they have needs We'll Thinking stop. about somebody <laughs> else yes. in a conversation, who would have thought it? Hell's yeah. Bells. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I would say like starting with that self-awareness practice and sometimes that can feel really confronting because um, 
we don't like to look at our own shit. No. Generally. I like to put mine under a rug <laughs> yes, and staple that rug to the floor. <laughs> yeah, we know it's there, but it's hidden. Yep. And if it's hidden, we can't see it. And how great is that? Until it all just I suppose piles it's, up. I suppose it's a bit like getting a, it, having an unknown medical issue. Mm. And you don't know what it is and you panic about it, you worry. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you find out, even if it's bad, you know, it's bone cancer, but then you know what you're dealing with and then you know yes. how you, you can, can fight You can formulate a strategy too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You can go, okay, now these are the options or these are the things that I need to do from here so rather than it could be possibly anything and no wonder it feels overwhelming. You just get that deer in headlights when you don't mm-hmm. know what it is because it's just like mm. you just freeze and you're like, I don't know what to do or yes. where to go with this. Which funnily enough is actually my argument um, strategy. That's your, yeah. that's your, no, that's that's your like, uh, oh, I know what I want to say, but <gasps> this is a lot. And oh, this is still a lot. Okay, shit. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I always say that a lot of people, when they're arguing, they have fight or flight. Everyone always talks about that. But the freeze, there's, I think mm. there's always three it's fight, flight, or freeze. It is, yeah. As far as the nervous system works, that is one of the things. Yeah. And um, it's funny because that can sh- show up when you're trying to show up. Yeah. But you haven't had time to process so it's kind of a balance between what both of you were saying as far as you know sometimes it can be enough to turn up and say hey I'm feeling some things about this and I do want to talk it through but I don't have the words for it yet so maybe it's maybe not but maybe it's like we're good but can we talk about this but I need a couple of days or I just need to do you have words for your side of things at this stage and then I can you know communicate it's a really nice placeholder Mm. for uh, a conversation that needs to be had but as someone who's super fucking anxious Mm, same if someone came to me and said we need to talk, but I can't talk right now. I'd be like, yeah. what do you mean we need to talk? What if do you mean I, you can't talk right yeah. now? What do you mean? If I, I wouldn't send, yeah, recommend <laughs> You've got to know who you're playing to. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, oh, we need to talk. I, I would actually avoid using that line because as soon as someone says that, no, you you're can, just like, holy what? shit, what is yeah. happening? Um, so I wouldn't recommend necessarily approaching it like that, but generally if you're in a loving relationship, the other person can kind of tell that something's up or even yes. if they don't know, like they might be annoyed by it because they don't know what it is, but you could just sort of bring it up and say, I'm feeling some things about that thing that you said the other day. Yeah. And I don't know how to express it, but just so you know, like if I'm a little bit off, that's why that's what's going on for me. So you're speaking and part of the discomfort is speaking to the, the experience and the feeling going on, which is part of that self-awareness. So again, you don't need to nail it or get it completely right straight away, but you can start trying on and hopefully you're in a relationship where there is space that can be held for that process and say, I don't have the words for this either do you mind if we sit and I try to find the words with you or I just wanted to flag that with you because something doesn't, you know, something's feeling whatever. I, it, something like anger, but anger is kind of a secondary emotion. So mm. it's like, well, but there's something underneath it. So, you know, and, you, and you're sharing and it is vulnerable because you don't, you're not coming with the answers. And yes. for me, as a former perfectionist <laughs> uh, <laughs> in recovery, um, it's really tough sometimes to not have the answers when you enter into um, one of these kinds of conversations where there might be disagreement or maybe it's already heated to the point where it is argument already. 
it can be really challenging to not already have the like yeah Mm. like I usually when I have a big issue I want to discuss we'll have it mapped out before I start the discussion oh yeah I'm a big mapper yeah yeah I I I think I'm going to just insert my lessons learned I don't know if we're doing that on this particular oh we will be but like I think I'm just gonna I think I'm just gonna insert it here that what a wonderful idea you don't have to have you don't have to have all the answers prepared Mm. when you bring an issue to a to your partner or partners you can you can say i feel odd i don't know why but i do give me can we can you help me figure it out yeah. or can i have a day well, to try and piece it out for them to help and yes. and to, for you to be in that process together rather part of a team yeah yeah exactly i really like if that. you are with someone who is normally a fixer it might be useful to like insert in there i don't need you to solve this mm. for me but it would be helpful for me for you to listen or hold space while I try to find the words, you know, whatever it is, because otherwise then they kind of sweep in and fix it. Yes. That's, yeah, that's another thing I, that brings rise to another thing I wanted to talk about in terms of knowing your communication style versus somebody else. So if you are mm. a fixer versus someone who just, like a lot of times, and I'm going to stereotype here and say men and women, because a lot of times men tend to be the, well, let's get a logical solution for this. Mm-hmm. And women tend to be the, I just wanted to talk about yeah, it. You know, that's, that's fair. I, I recognize that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm, the fi- I'm the fixer. It's but I, yeah, because men want to be the hero. Well, okay. Yeah, we, we, I think we do. We want to help. Men want to be the hero and And also sometimes emotions can be a little bit too much. So they're just like, well, they don't understand what the people can not understand why they're not just doing something about it and what the need. But I really love um, what you were saying before about actually explaining to that person how you would like to be helped. Because I Mm -hmm. think a lot of times in relationships, there's that assumption that, you know, um, you know, if someone's coming to you with a problem, they want it solved. But all it takes is that little extra bit of vulnerability and just going, this is the kind of help I'd really like from you right now and and letting them know how you like to be helped yeah, or loved or exactly you know. and on the flip side of that if some if if your partner's coming to you with if it's not you but it's them coming to you with the uh the issue I guess yeah. you call it yeah. uh, or whatever it is you can also ask them and you can say you know whether it's as simple as how can I do you need me to help or do you need me to listen or or a really good a f- question that I really love and it gets varying degrees of responses depending on like the depth of relationship there is. Mm. But it's like, what do you need from me while you're feeling this way? What is it that would be most helpful for you Yeah, from me while you are working through this or while you're even if while you're super busy with this thing that you've got on in your work or whatever it is, you know, what what's most helpful for you yeah. from me while you're in this moment of stress or overwhelm or insert experience this is what I just think is so amazing in that a lot of times in interactions with people we kind of figure out how we think it's supposed to go whereas we don't need to do that much emotional labor if we just ask somebody the question and I don't understand sometimes why our brains trick us into (laughs) thinking that we need to go to these lengths to try and make sure that every base is covered when we could just be like and I use it with my friends but not with romantic partners Mm. like I will constantly be like how can I best support you through this like Mm. what 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 do you need from me and yet when I'm in a relationship I sometimes freeze up and think that I've got to figure it all out so that they mm. don't see that side of me that isn't capable yeah there is an analogy I'll share with you from my 
therapist, which kind of changed how I viewed all of that because I think in romantic relationships, we are more trying to not, uh, well, this might be my own experience, who knows, but we're more trying to not show up, like not be a problem to yeah. the other person, right? And so yes. we're We never want to be a burden. Yeah, we never want to be a burden. We want to come all collected and together because then maybe it's an issue with like, that's the only way I'm lovable or whatever it mm. is, or I want to make their life easier. And if I'm not, then I'm not being a good partner or whatever it is. But uh, my therapist gave me the best analogy a few years ago is it's the rocking the boat analogy is you'll never know how much the boat is able to withstand being capsized if you don't have those challenging conversations sometimes that maybe rock it a little bit. Yeah. If we're so afraid of just rocking the boat, we might never find out how sturdy and capable that boat is of being rocked. That's a really good analogy. It's so it's good. good. It's I good really, stuff. and you just can imagine in the middle of a storm, yeah, exactly. Like, and look, sometimes if both people rock the boat together, you realize that it's actually pretty fucking stable because yeah, yeah and you, then equal you have, and opposite forces teamwork mm. to keep this thing afloat. Yeah. This this keeps on giving, <laughs> and you have <laughs> this this depth on the other side, and th- this will never end throughout relationships, even if you're together forever, right? Like. You have this depth and then the next time the the storm comes along, you get to sort of see what happens then with that new sort of, I don't know how boats are made. Well, (laughs) Well, you've got that new experience of how much the boat can withstand. Mm -hmm. So rather than being Mm. terrified to move at all, you can, you know... And, and I mean, don't rock the boat just to tip somebody else no. off it. Definitely like, that's not. Rude. That's not the recommendation <laughs> here at all. But yeah, you have that extra level of reassurance that you've gotten through worse. Yes. Which is mm. and it's this this stability um that comes in of Oh yeah, okay, like we can have challenging conversations and you know, generally this person shows up and I can show up and we know how to we can do hard things. So it's this depth that can come from that if if you do get through it. And if you don't, then it's, you know, telling. <laughs> well, then you then you know that the boat was not stable to begin with. And exactly. It was never going to see you to the end of your journey. Yes. Let's keep the metaphor going. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, well, well. <laughs> Here's a boat it. wreck. Let's buy a yacht. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just maybe get on dry land for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please. So going back to um, just kind of being able to find the words to, mm. to open that conversation, do you think there are any circumstances under which um, that doesn't have to be – does that have to be a verbal conversation or can you write a letter if you're not good at expressing yourself, yeah, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Or? I know – like. Sometimes I've been in situations where I'm I'm not very good at verbal communication, mm. funnily, when it comes to that kind of relationship. Mm, sure. So when it's work things or when it's whatever, I can I can generally, I'll have my moments, but I can talk and I can, you know, express it and whatever. But when it comes to, I think it's that emotional level of vulnerability, mm. I historically have had experiences where I freeze up. Yeah. And it's very, very frustrating for the other person. And then I have the awareness of how frustrating it is for me, but also that I'm frustrating them because I'm not able to express myself. Mm. So I think there is a healthy way of, you know, whether you, it's the old advice of like, write it down for yourself first so that you're clear on the points rather than waffling mm. or depends on where you are. If like, again, I've been in situations where the other person is really good at verbal communication. Um, 
which is so great because there's a space that can be held in a way when they're good at something that you're not great at mm. and vice versa because they're not great at they weren't great at um, written communication but I am so mm. um, there is a space that you can hold when you identify that that's each other's strengths and challenges um, and that's again a conversation itself going oh yeah I actually do really well with this I struggle with this but when you aren't very good at expressing yourself um, I still recommend practicing because there's such an empowerment that can come in when and in any scenario in relationships in your workplace in your job in your friendships in your family and everything but there is an empowerment that can come in when you do practice how to say those things but at the same time be gentle on yourself and mm. if you just need to get something out yes write a letter I've written letters I've um and that's where I have to watch myself because I'm like you know get all dramatic and like mm. not in a negative way but just just because it's a letter so I'm like yeah. oh, I can write everything You're typing. Down. you've got like, that caps lock stuck <laughs> on <laughs> no I handwrite them yeah. so it's Very like nice. oh and this and I feel this and it's not usually the letters haven't been um, negative in their um, in their content, but it's still just you know you still want to still get to the point. Um, but yeah, you can put it in a message, but maybe explain why you're putting it in a message, you mm. know, and saying, "Hey, look, I really want to have this conversation with you." However, I know I'm going to struggle initially to find the words because I'm not great at it. So I wanted to express myself here. And then that way you have the main, like, you know, however you word it, but that way you have the main points. Mm. And then can we have a conversation around it? Because then I don't have to worry so much about saying the right thing because you've got that information. Yeah. So there are different ways. And again, hopefully you're in a loving enough relationship that even if you're newly dating, even if love isn't the thing yet, there is a, still a sense of love and care hopefully in that mm. process that you know that person can sort of see that and go oh they're, they're trying and that's great and this mm. is what they need and yeah I can show up in my way here and this is what I need and then it's that nice balance is there any way to be able to get through not get through a relationship but maintain a relationship if your communication styles are completely clashing do you think define clashing because mm. they can be different but define clashing well if you've got if for example someone does need to be the fixer and you don't want like if we go back to that basic mm. thing is there like is there any way to survive a relationship do you think or have those tough conversations if one side isn't willing to budge on their communication <laughs> stance um I am the eternal optimist, so I would like to say yes, but it, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't mean that it's without challenge. Yeah. It mm. might, like, it comes down to, that might come down to what kind of experience you want to have in relationship and if that is matching yeah. your needs in that way or if it's something that you can kind of go, okay, well... I've said that I need them to not fix it. They still are, but, oh, I think it's endearing, so it's okay. So it depends on how much of a need that is yeah. for you in how you handle your communication and conflict resolution. 
yeah in that because it's say. tough because a lot of the time you're like great we can solve all these problems by just doing this and this but that assumes that the other person is willing to also contribute to that yeah, that's communication <laughs> exchange <laughs> but like i tend to think if somebody isn't willing to budge their communication style they're an asshole and deserves to be in the bin anyway well like that's think about I mean. other people yeah, you ex- bastards exactly it's it's <laughs> not about like it's not about them needing to change who they are but it is important well, it's important to me that they sort of look at that and go, okay, well, this is important to you and I'm going to try because yeah. we need to, for this to work, we need to be able to relate to each other and have these hard conversations. The uncomfortable conversations aren't always quote unquote bad either. Yeah, They're not always the ones that we we code as bad or negative. Sometimes they're just uncomfortable because they're vulnerable. Yeah. So we need to, again, I say we, I'm definitely speaking from my perspective yeah, and- but we need to sort of look at having this element of safety and being able to be vulnerable. And mm. sometimes that means stuffing up our communication or getting uncomfortable together in that and um, and adjusting or holding space again in that way where, you know, if you have completely different communication styles, that's okay. I feel like there's always something that like a way you can work that around that. Yeah. It happens in the workplace all the time. Like, if I'm sure everyone well, has noticed there's so many different communication styles in a workplace. That's so what I was going to say. We- yeah, like most people obviously change a little bit of who they are when they walk into a workplace because you can't be brutally honest. So why somehow is it an affront to not change your communication style in a relationship to adapt to the situation, but you do that in the workplace? Does that make sense? Yes, exactly. Why are we so amenable to people that we don't even know? Yes. Um, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be, you know, like adaptable in the workplace but why why is it so okay to do it in that way but not in a relationship with someone that we're supposed to care yeah, about yeah. Than your boss. <laughs> and I, I can hear yeah. voices uh, like you know as I say that of well if they like if if it was meant to work it would just be right and mm-hmm. it's like well Mm. <laughs> no there's still effort there's still mm. we're, you're still two completely different human beings and even if you do have very similar ways of communicating there are still going to be things that show up that um that require discomfort otherwise what are you doing where's the depth well exactly it's just not it's, it wouldn't be a fulfilling relationship if you just keep everything surface level yeah yeah i don't like mm. it no, and I feel like that's part of the fear that can come up with communicating is we're all so busy skating on the surface and sort of, you know, in the shallows. We're like, okay, it's comfortable here. and um, But then we're so used to doing that nowadays. And I, again, I'm generalizing, but we're so used to doing that nowadays that when someone does show up as vulnerable and express their needs or say like even on the first couple of dates say, hey, I'm really enjoying this. Do you want to continue? Like whatever mm. it is that that can seem so confronting because it's, it can be so out of the norm. Mm. It can be yeah. so like it's confronting or even aggressive depending on the perspective or, you know, they're like, oh, it's again quote unquote too much my favorite um, (laughs) is just because it's so out of the norm it's like oh no you're inviting me to get into the depths a little and I want to just stay skating in the shallows yeah I don't know that's a that's a lot so it's just yeah it's just this weird perspective that we might have around communication and how 
um, how we perceive what communication is and and there might be this perception that people only communicate to that level when they're really, really serious. It's like, no, no, you yeah. get to be really, really serious because mm. you communicate to that level. That's right. Yeah, perfect. And I say like, as a single person. Yeah, look, me too. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> single it's person okay. with dating advice up the wazoo. So what about with those early relationship kind of communications? So let's just say you've started dating somebody and you've gone on a few dates and you don't know whether your boyfriend or girlfriend yet or whether that's going to happen is there anything in the uncomfortable conversations realm that might help you to have that conversation even yes I yes Uh, in short um I would say it's it's around vulnerability Mm. and vulnerability doesn't mean that you are in danger right Mm. you Brene Brown sort of talks about vulnerability well it's not sort of she does that's a business yeah that's a business (laughs) (laughs) not no kinder about it um she talks about vulnerability a lot and she has worked with I think it was um navy groups and they were saying like she pointed out to them that you can't have vulnerability or sorry you can't have courage without vulnerability Mm -hmm. right so you need to like you know you can't just be courageous unless you're afraid of something or there is an element of vulnerability and I'm not talking about life and death in in relationships yes definitely wouldn't recommend that scenario no but um I would say that yeah it comes down to vulnerability and being aware of checking in with yourself again that self-awareness and being aware of your values and going okay what are my values for starters does this person match them and what is it that I want so sometimes when it comes to dating and relationships we have this list of things and they have to match that thing like Mm. they have to be this height or this color hair or whatever and and really it should be about values and what how you want to experience a relationship so if that's all going along well and you want to you're not really sure of what's happening I would check in with your values and how you want to experience it and usually if you're looking for a relationship or you're interested in a relationship with this person you can check in with the values and notice that one of your values will be something like, oh, I want to experience, you know, like stability or a sense of like we're in this together, whatever the word is for that, it will change from person to person. Mm. So when you show up and ask that question, that would be the advice is to show up and ask the question. I've had conversations before where – you'll notice if there's a pushback and P.S. that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. Past, past Jess, uh-huh. baby Jess, that's a red flag. Uh-huh. But um, it's you'll notice if there's like a hesitation and you can approach it in different ways. You can approach it of like, what's important to me now? Are we boyfriend and girlfriend? Maybe you just want to, maybe you want to start by being exclusive and have the conversation. Say, hey, how does this feel for you? Um, do you want to what do you want to do with this and what do you what have I done in the past yeah it's like what are you wanting from this and how do you see this are we like what are we doing (laughs) yeah this whole like just and there is a vulnerability you can actually show up and just sort of be like I'm really enjoying this like I just wanted to check in with where we're at with it you know how are you viewing it are you wanting more from it at this point or you'd wanting to still work towards that and maybe be exclusive yeah but you ask those questions not because you're putting the power in their hands only but asking them 
because you understand your own values and you're assessing whether they match up to yeah. what you're yeah. using. And it's not a test either. It's just she says after using the word assessing. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's but that's right. true. But you are still assessing. It's yeah. just not it's not like you asking them to show up for a test and, and yeah. pass hundred percent. You're just staying solid in your values and how you want to experience it and then you're not abandoning yourself yeah. in the process and of And I think asking. this is something that I say in a much less um, articulate way mm-hmm. on most of our episodes is that if you show up and ask the question and somebody says no, then you've it's a win-win situation because you've automatically filtered somebody out that's not going to be right for you because that's mm-hmm. if you speak your authentic truth of what it is that you want and you communicate that effectively, mm. I think a lot of people are really scared to have the hard conversations because they're scared that the answer is not going to be what they want to hear, whereas actually getting the answer that you don't want to hear is a positive thing because you're assisting your own selection process I guess and I think some of that fear and this is a very um from very much so from personal experience is that fear of um not getting the answer you want to hear is because you've left it so long right so you're already so rather than (laughs) yeah so you're like oh shit what if they actually turn around and say no and I'll leave because you've added so much more weight to the no yes. by leaving yes. it too long to Even have the conversation. Yourself, yeah, whereas I feel like in dating, we don't need to be heavy about it. And again, this is where I feel like it needs to be normalized that we just have these conversations um, and fucking communicate. But I feel like in dating, we would do so much better off by just having those conversations about, you know, once we feel it. And be chill about it if it's super, super soon. You know, like check in with your reasons for wanting to check in or ask that question super mm. early. Like, you know, I, I I, feel like there's the other extreme where you've been on one date and you're like, let's be boyfriend, girlfriend. It's yeah. like, wait, wait, yes. just get to know them and maybe, you know, do that first. But there is um, sometimes we can... Like I've left it so long and then I'm like, oh. You're way too invested in what the answer is going to be. But I need to know because it's, we, what, this isn't, yeah. So Mm. I think that's a lot of the, the challenge is um, we're not, we haven't normalized just having the conversation in the first few dates and, or even like, depending on how you meet, having the conversation of, hey, just like, you know, what are you looking for? Because asking that question and having an answer doesn't mean that they are putting you in that position like it doesn't mean that that person's chosen you or it doesn't mean that you've chosen them either so you know we don't have to be so afraid of being like oh hey like you know I'm looking for a relationship for example if I say like I'm looking for a relationship it doesn't mean that I've picked that person to be the person that I yeah, choose yeah you're just letting that person know of what your expectations mm-hmm. are so that then they if they're not the person they can yeah step so, back or if they are the so person and have those shared can, values they can chill depending on where their ego sits with that they can chill about it because it's like no no like I, i'm not saying i've chosen you and i'm saying i want that with you yet i'd like to get to know you but yeah this is what i'm looking for cool so i think we should move on to do a little quick lessons learned yes after that wonderful there's shout been, of information there's been a, a hatful of lessons learned tom what's <laughs> something that you've learned after listening to jess i like the idea of uh so perceived negativity we assume that this conversation is going to be bad or uncomfortable this xyz is going to be blah, 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 blah. but just because something is perceived negatively doesn't mean that the result will be bad. 
And as Liz mentioned before, sometimes a bad result, just getting a result is a good thing. You're out of that horrible limbo yes. that I hate so in life yeah, and relationships. So sometimes Turning water sucks. Yes, <laughs> tiring. Sometimes it's not that sometimes that result will hurt, and it, yeah. it might kick your ass a bit. But you got to a, a, an ending, a resolution, rather than wasting time on something that was never going to work. Yes, I and think getting to the finish line, regardless of how well you did in the race, yeah. is, is is an important thing. Yeah, and that's it. Like it's when you feel like something's not quite what you want it to be, but you put it off, you're still feeling crap in that time. And yeah. then if you end up getting the answer that you expect, which is maybe a no, you felt you crap feel for crap so again, much and longer. Then you feel, yeah, so it's like, oh, okay, like it's the band aid thing. It's you rip it off now versus kind like of, hair by hair pulling it. Yeah, <laughs> and yes. just sort of keep checking in that balance. Yeah, so yeah, you're, that's awesome. My favorite thing that I've learned from today um, is something that I've sort of toyed with the idea of but I don't do very well says my therapist um <laughs> is is just knowing yourself before you have those uncomfortable conversations so yes. identifying why you want to have the uncomfortable conversation mm. which is like normally you just go okay we have to talk about this but sometimes it could be your own insecurity that's pushing you to have that conversation too fast or it could be um you know, that, that you're not 100% sure of what you want, so you're kind of looking to somebody else to guide you on what you want, whereas you could save yourself a lot of heartache by kind of just doing the, the check-in with yourself and going, why do I want to say what I want to say? Um, what will, you know, what kind of things do I want from this? And not seeing it as you're not putting an ultimatum on somebody else by addressing these tough topics you're literally just telling what you want and what your values are and if someone doesn't line up it's not like you're holding them over a barrel you've just explained and expressed yourself yeah. hopefully well about what you want in life and if that person wants to match up that's great and if that person's not then but yeah checking in with yourself and knowing what it is you want to get out of this conversation is uh, something that I think is a fantastic thing to think about. Like it's not about what the other person says, it's about what you need in life. Mm. I think uh, quickly as well, uh, being vulnerable isn't a weakness. Yeah, I love when you said being like vulnerability being, yeah. doesn't mean, what was it? Vulnerability doesn't mean being scared. Like being it's not scared. a, it's uh, not a yeah, negative it, thing. It, it's not a negative thing. I can't remember exactly what I said. Yeah. Words come it out, was brilliant. Go back, it's record recorded. it. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, being brave in the face, in the, yeah. the, the storm of love and romance. Yeah, yeah, courage as requires it, vulnerability. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so those of you at home right. who ever feel like that, yeah, take that home with you. Thank you so much. So, Jess, is there anything that you want to give a little bit of a plug to? Yeah. Um, <laughs> keep in mind this will probably go to air about four weeks after we chat, but th yep. three weeks. Oh, we can slot it in early if you've got something else you want to plug. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of things. So, speaking of uncomfortable conversations, I am running a online course. Um, it's a four-week course starting on September the 15th. Mm -hmm. um, it's called getting comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. What are the, the basics. odds? Oh. What are the odds? <laughs> well, um, and it's, it's the basics. So we cover things like self-awareness and understanding or like working through this. So they're live training sessions with Q and A's access to a private Facebook group. So you have a safe space to unpack that shit yeah. a little bit and maybe be vulnerable, practice being vulnerable. Um, Cause what we don't realize as well is that it's a skill communication mm -hmm. and being vulnerable is a skill and you don't walk out onto a soccer field and think that you can no. automatically yeah, play. No. You've got to oh, practice no. that. Skill. No, exactly. And I've, yeah, I've had experiences where I've been told I've been intimidating because I'm so good at communication. I'm like, dude, I studied this. Like, yeah. And I've, I've practiced, practiced a lot and I've screwed up 
countless times. I could not tell you. So, um, yeah, so we cover things like um, checking in with what shows up white, like in your discomfort, what it is about your discomfort. We talk about responsibility two and four. So we cannot be responsible for how another person um, will respond. Yeah. But we can be responsible to them and how we show up in alignment with our values. And if our values, like, so be kind, for example, I feel like should be a common thing. But right. so, you know, we explore responsibility two and four, especially in uncomfortable conversations, um, apologies, giving and receiving yes so that's what I mean like they're not always bad they're just in life and mm. um and then we look at like you know listening and looking at connecting rather than these two opposing forces of opinion so it's there's a lot in that four weeks but um that is yeah that's starting in September right. and it's not necessarily about dating and relationships but obviously all of in these life. skills are translatable yeah. yes. across the board so I have nurses who are interested who are just wanting to know how to have these conversations because they have tough like conversation so you're mm, building yeah. confidence in your emotional intelligence skills basically cool Fantastic. we will put links to yes. all of the things in our show notes so if you would like to uh see a little bit more about what jess does or even join in on that particular uh workshop series uh you can go to our show notes we are ghosts of boyfriends past so you can go to uh, that's not canon.com forward slash ghost of boyfriends pass. If you'd like to be a guest, you don't have to have a relationship story as we've just yes, found right. out. If you've got some advice that you'd like to share with us or you consider yourself a bit of a coach or an expert in a topic, come and chat with us. If you do have a story, that's great. We love to hear them. And if you don't want to put your own voice to it, you can email it through to us at ghostsofboyfriendspast at gmail.com. Com. That's right. Our dulcet tones will take it from there. We're, we're on all of the social medias. All of them. There's, all of them. Um, There's so many. The, uh, we're not Facebook. on MySpace. I don't know if that still exists. No, it does. Apparently, yeah, it's still kicking. Oh, no. We're big for music. But we are on Facebook uh, with a, a little group. Uh, the, group uh, therapy. Group therapy. Yep, check us out there. Ghost of Boyfriends group therapy. If you've got any questions you just want to put to a group but don't want to put them to a, you know, yeah, that's right. international podcast audience. That's right. Okay. Well... Please rate, review and subscribe. Um, it takes probably about 12 seconds to review, even, you know, just if you put a couple of five stars and then just write, great, that's all we need. Yeah, but it makes the world me. of difference. That's like, it's like how you pay us is in love. We're not asking for your money yet, but you can pay us in podcast, rate, review, subscribe, love. That's right. Um, otherwise, keep dating. Um, or don't, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but communicate. Hey there, I'm Parker, host of Misfigured Life. Misfigured Life is an educational podcast that respects your time and absolutely nothing else. Realistic steps to accomplish projects and tasks explained like you're just a little bit special and in less time than it takes other shows to even get to the point. It covers wildly varying topics from robbing a bank to tending a garden, and everything in between. Stop ignoring the background banter podcasts and learn something you could actually use. At least one new episode a week, which day specifically will be a surprise every week. Probably subscribe or something. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The ancient and esoteric order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off-limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.